And we're back. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. This is Dump on the Ump, ostensibly a baseball podcast. Tonight is Tuesday, April the 26th. Actually, my favorite date, the perfect date. I know that's like April 15th or April 25th. No, the perfect date, April 26th, 2002. Okay. Why are those perfect dates? Well, the joke is from it's a the meme. Back. Yeah, and it's a joke from like a 1999 movie, Miss Congeniality, starring Sandra Bullock and William Shatner. And William Shatner is like the host of this knockoff Miss America contest. And he's asking the contestants what their perfect date is. And one of the contestants says April 25th because it's not too hot and it's not too cold. You just need a light jacket. And for some reason that's gotten like- It's become a meme. Become a meme, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. Wait, why do you think it's uh, April 26th? I just love, I love April 26th. Like, like, this is my, ooh, is it my favorite time of the year? Right. Close to my favorite time of the year. So why don't you just jump on the April 25th bandwagon? Why do you have to be oh, one uh, day different? Yeah, no, I've got to be one day different. I, there are reasons. <laughs> just to be a dick? Just to be a dick, no. I, there are secret reasons that I cannot reveal on the internet. But well, 426 is a better number. I think that like a better in like a numer- numerology kind of thing, isn't it? Yeah, isn't that it's a stronger been, number? 426, yeah, definitely. And God, then we got May coming up. I don't know. This is just usually this is my favorite time of the year, also because the sports calendar. This is like See, I'm gonna go with May 15th. Right. Agreed. So you, no, you just right said now, April 26th. You can't agree with one and, and mine. You, oh, you, you oh, can't both be no, the perfect. No, okay, day. yeah, good point. No, May 15th is a good one too. Thank That's you. That's my dad's birthday. Hey, look at that. See? Shout Sam? out to my dad. Best Shout day out, of out year. to Sam's dad. Yeah. That's why he's here. <laughs> Sam's favorite day of the year is also April, May 15th. Yeah. I hope that I got his birthday right because he listens to the podcast. And if I have that date wrong, that's not going to go over. Well, well if it's not, he should keep going with the lie that it actually is. He should be like, yeah, 515, best day of the year. <laughs> um, so this is a really good time of the year in Brooklyn because all the tree all the blossoming trees are blossoming so like all your the blo- just and, the blossoming ones yeah well just the ones yeah exactly just the like I'm the leaves are just the blossoming trees out. are blossoming right did you have another edible <laughs> no 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 this is this is this is the what i'm saying is that the trees with blossoms are all out right now uh, the so blossoming like, tree. As yeah. the year goes up, so you know, there's just a ton of urban planning here or whatever in the like parks and everything. So it's like at the beginning of the year, it's all the blossoming trees, and then like all the flowers come in, and like the bushes, and then the flowers and everything come in. But this time of year, it's like the you lilacs, the flowering the bush. blossoms, the um. <laughs> the uh, <laughs> magnolias everything is blossoming right now and it's fucking gorgeous and it's like the only time of the year that brooklyn smells nice because oh, that's, that's true yeah 
so it's really nice time of year in Brooklyn right now. Uh, we uh, the Seattle has fairly renowned for some cherry, pretty significant cherry blossoms. And air, like yeah. Uni- University of Washington, the campus is like the main part of it is known for this time of year because all the cherry blossoms are blooming and it's like this kind of incredible row of pink among the backdrop of collegiate America. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, but yeah, I agree. It's it is a nice time of year. I I think that's consensus. Right. Yeah. This is the this is the time in your life where you go like, well, oh shit. Well, maybe I shouldn't kill myself. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Uh, we all like spring. Spring is great. <laughs> <laughs> this is a cutting edge podcast. This is great. This is yeah. a great podcast. Okay. Uh, coming. Also with me, as per usual, is Sam. Sam, how's it going? Uh, hey, Joel. I, I'm doing well. I'm coming at you from uh, blossoming Brooklyn, New York. And uh, my hot take this week has to do with the Boston Red Sox. And uh, the Boston Red Sox, here's my hot take. The Boston Red Sox are playing boring fucking baseball. I had COVID last week and I was just home. Couldn't get off my couch all week. and I just watched baseball every single day. Watched every single game last week, which was great. But the Red Sox cannot, the Red Sox pitching is doing very well and they cannot hit the ball. So it was like watching seven straight pitchers duels where the final score was like one to nothing Red Sox lose, two to nothing Red Sox lose, three to one Red Sox lose. Just like really, really fast, really, really fucking boring baseball games. There's one game where they were no hit into the 10th inning. That that game ended up being 3-2 in the 10th. They lost, but they, what was it? But it was 0-0 going into extra innings. It was fucking ridiculous. And then the I think that the game, the highest scoring game in that stretch was yesterday where they lost to the, um, Blue Jays six to two, but it was tied at two in the ninth inning, and each team had like three hits, and then Bo Bichette hit a grand slam, and that's how they ended up scoring all of those runs. And it's like just such a fucking disaster. Yeah. And I'm not worried about the team yet. Like I, you know, we were talking before the podcast, they're like fifth worst for batting average of balls hit in play and they're like you know they're hard hit like they're barreled balls that are turned into outs is really high percentage and it's just you know <clears throat> i believe still that their their offense is going to come around but it's just like i never get to sit down for a week and watch baseball ever ever in my life and it's just was the most boring week of baseball in the history of baseball that's unfortunate. <clears throat> White Sox are kind of in the same category right now. We're about, I was telling you guys off camera, we're about to drop our eighth consecutive game, which is fucking Ooh. ridiculous against Cleveland, Minnesota, and Kansas City. None, you know, which are not the, not only are they our division rivals, but they're not exactly the cream of the crop in the American League. But the White Sox are just a hot fucking mess right now, and um, I'm very disappointed. We'll see. Well, season's early, but 
I was reading something today that said Tony LaRusso wasn't going to make it through the season. Oh, yeah. Who was, people are always saying yeah, that. Yeah, it was some garbage on ESPN, Ugo so talks. I wouldn't take too much too yeah. much stock into that analysis. But it was kind of funny because they were talking about how he had put one of your guys, and they're like, even with all the injuries, there's no reason you would bat this guy third in this oh, lineup. And it, yeah, Louis. And, Louis. and they're like, everyone is, talks about his old school style, but that decision doesn't even make sense in the old school yeah. school old yeah. school of thought. You know, yeah. Love that guy. Ah, all right. It's gonna be a long season. Except also joining us as per usual that this evening is Thomas. Thomas, your baseball team is doing pretty good. Well, Joel, it's funny you would mention that because I'm coming to you from here in sunny Seattle where the Mariners are. Uh, where the trees are also blossoming. Where the trees are blossoming as beautiful as they've ever blossomed every year that the Mar- of the last 20 years that the Mariners have enjoyed their run at ineptitude. Well, I'm here to tell you that my hot take is this is as good as it's going to get for Mariners fans. (laughs) We're 11 and six. We've won eight of the last 10. We took series at home from division rivals, Houston Astros and Texas Rangers, and then swept Kansas City. We just took the first game of three with Tampa Bay on a lengthy road trip, but we look like a pretty good team. We're sitting in first place. If Boston can hang on to this lead, which maybe they can't. Now they just uh, tied tied it up. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, so it looked like Toronto was going to lose, but they might they might not lose necessarily. So maybe the Mariners will be in the share of the American League's best record. They still have the most runs scored, but I just have a sneaking suspicion we're about at the end of the of the top run of this. I think we'll be in. I think we'll be involved in the conversation for a long ways, but I think this might be the moment of like. As good as it gets. I guess that's what I'm saying because I'm sitting here looking at the Chicago White Sox, who I remember last year, I was like, this is as good as it gets, Joel. This is the moment. This is like the best time of White Sox fandom, and you should really enjoy it. You should appreciate this wonderful moment for what it was. But you, and like everyone else, are greedy, and you wanted more. You wanted lengthy. You wanted championships and extended uh, time of elevated play but right. here we are no one division championship in a first round playoff exit is as good as it gets i you should you should have been happy with that joel yeah. that's what i'm telling yeah. you and i right now am happy with what the mariners are doing and if this is the end so be it it's been a good run <laughs> there's always next year there's always next year jp crawford hitting 352 yeah, the he's getting on base at like close to 500. That's exciting. We lead the league in walks. We like third and run scored. We're number one in run differential. Are, are all of our starters have gone six innings? Like we've had gotten quality starts. We got quality starts in like six of nine of our home games. Yeah. Logan Gilbert again didn't give up a run. Ty Flans hitting 375 with five home runs and six. He went four, he went five for six, including like the gate, like he went five for six, and then the next day it was two for four. He like let off with a home run and everybody was just freaking out. 
that's pretty impressive. It's been a fun start to this yeah. uh, season for the Seattle Mariners and their fans. I got to say, it's been a lot of fun going to the park. I went to the ball game the other day and I had some pretty, pretty lively exchanges with certain players and umpires. It was a fun time, but the crowd was really into it. Like Seattle Mariner baseball fans are all like, I'm all of a sudden like, Oh, there are actually some baseball fans around here. Cause everybody's like, it seems like, and you know, it's like, their games are well attended, but people are really paying attention more than they have in the past. There's still kind of ding dongs, not close, you know, and there's still people doing the wave. Yeah, the wave sucks. But yeah, you know, and that's also kind of goes into my point. It's like this is this is like the moment where it's like we're on the up, everything looks good, the future is bright. There's still not a shitload of people at the stadium. Yeah. As good as it gets. It's as good as it's gonna get. Yeah, just, hot take. That's a good hot take. Okay. All right, so my name's Joel. I'm coming at you from Champaign. I have a lot of things that I wanted to talk about, but my hot take is I don't want robot umpires, okay? I am anti-robot umpires, and here's why. In, I believe it was, yeah, it was the Sunday night game, Brewers at Phillies. Oh, my gosh. Angel I know exactly what you're talking about. Struck out Kyle Schwarber in the ninth inning on a one nothing game. And then Kyle Schwarber had a freak out. Did you mention who the umpire was? Oh, yeah. It was Angel. I, I thought I said his name. It was Angel. Yeah, Angel Hernandez. Angel I mean, Hernandez. I knew it was. I didn't hear if you said it. But, yeah. yeah it was Angel Hernandez. And it, it was, was, was amazing. The ball, was it a ball? Yes. It was outside. It, yeah, he called him strike three. He was off the plate and low, I think. Yeah. No, it was yeah. like, yeah. but it, but it was like, I they, earlier in that game, he called a strike on Gene Segura that was like, it was measured six and a half inches inside of home plate. Like, in the replay, it was like, and Gene Segura was like, wait, no, did you call that a strike? And he was like, yep. He's like, that, that wasn't a strike, you know? And then, so like, in the whole breakdown, like, uh fucking what's his butt the guy the, the guy that freaked out kyle schwerber he's like you were terrible did you see it sam no i haven't seen it oh, this oh my god it was unbelievable <laughs> oh oh man because he, he does like a mime act right yeah he's like you didn't you missed it over here you missed it over here you missed it for both sides it was fucking horseshit like just like yelling at him and like throwing his hands like, it was like as soon as he made the call he just threw his bat down and threw his helmet down and was just like demonstrative and like but the best part was he like said his full piece like you fucked up everything for everybody and everybody fucking hates you you're total dog trash and that's and you're fucked and just like walked off and yeah. like walked like just walked away from him he didn't have to get dragged away or he didn't like make a big show he just fucking like and everybody <laughs> was, his piece. was the funniest part about watching it on esb like on the show was like the announcers were all like yeah yeah and all the players were like, yeah, yeah. Right. Like everybody yeah. was pretty much like, he's got a fucking point. You've been dog shit all yeah. night. You're a terrible fucking and umpire. And everybody knows that. He missed one of the games that I watched, Angel Hernandez was behind the plate, and it was a poorly called, called baseball game. I think it's like it's so crazy because everyone has the pitch strike zone yeah. like on their TV. And so it's like all like not even consistently bad like sometimes you'll have a uh, umpire who's like gives you a couple inches off the outside corner right. of the plate or whatever yeah, yeah but yeah. he's just fucking all over the all place over the like, place. it is unbelievable 
But the, and it's like, like you'll throw a strike on the outside corner. He'll call it a strike. It's a ball. You throw it there the next pitch. It's a it's a ball. Like he just there's no consistency. He's I want to re actually, I really want to re I want to redo my hot take. And I just want my hot take to be that like I think all loving baseball fans should stop following the paying attention to the teams that they want to see or whatever. They should check out the major league baseball schedule for umpires and uh, see when Angel Hernandez is going to be in their town and make sure that they attend those games for the direct purpose of heckling and berating Angel Hernandez until he no longer wants to be a part of the major league baseball. Yeah, I think that would be the okay. greatest movement we could do as fans right now. Yeah. And forget yeah, about true. robot, forget about robot umps. We can have bounties on umpires, like <laughs> <laughs> not bounties, but like, you know, like it's like, oh, this umpire, like on their heads. No, like, the, like they're the villain. So everybody can boo them the whole time. You know, it's like, okay, we're not going to make robots. You guys get it still decide balls and strikes. But if you do a bad job at it, we're going to tell everyone we think you're terrible at it. And all the fans are going to boo you everywhere you go. Well, but what I loved about what Kyle Schwobu did was that it was so old school, right? Like, right. like it was as close as we've gotten in decades to kicking dirt on the umpires, you know? Right. Like, who was? Yeah, I think yeah. like Lloyd McClendon. We had Lloyd McClendon as a manager in Seattle for a minute, and he was he had a couple of good rants, but nobody has done like the. Well, you had Lou Pinella for years. Well, but I mean, nobody that was 20, fucking 20, lost 20, it like that guy. Oh yeah, no. That's what I was gonna say. Is that nothing like well, nothing like Lou? But it's been a while since we've had a good blowout like that. But it was really good. And I think well, your point was that your hot take was that we shouldn't have robot umpires. Oh, robot and I've always kind of felt that way. And I've been recently reading that the players feel that way. Like they're like, we don't want robot umps. Oh, interesting. That's uh, that's some of what I've been reading and, and hearing, and like that they're kind of they like the human element of it, but like. I think maybe Angel Hernandez wouldn't fall within that category. It was so good. It was so good, Sam. It was, you missed from the right side. You missed from the left side. You missed up high for both teams. For both teams. And he's like, it's so good. It's so vaudeville. It's great. You know, and all this, I, it's reminding me that I forgot about the other really fucking hilarious and stupid thing that happened is Yankee fans. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about that real quick, because I do want to talk about this. Because we talked yeah. last week about should players give fans the boat, right? Right. And well, and so like, what is the left fielder for uh, the Guardians that went down? Kwan, right? Oh, yeah. Stephen Kwan. Stephen Kwan yeah. went down in a really close game at that point. It was like kind of a back and forth thing. And the He's Guardians had taken the league. He was going for well, but the context. The, I mean, the context of it was it was a the it was extra innings, I believe, and the Guardians were up by one run, and there was like like the eighth of the ninth. It was an extra. Oh, maybe it was the eighth, but yeah, it was like the end of, near the end of the game, and it was like Guardians were up by one run, and the dude uh, I forget who did it, but they hit a ball right over his head, and he ran so hard. He was going so hard for that ball because he wanted to make the play. It was like it was it was kind of a gnarly collision. I I've seen like he hit like the great. It, Yankee Stadium and he went down hard and looked really stunned like when he threw the ball back in he was like yeah. looked like he was in trouble 
And I'm imagining that only, as only Yankee fans can, they were screaming obscenities and probably racist shit at him on the ground. At which point, Miles Straw jumps up and starts climbing into the crowd, not essentially climbing in, but like pulled himself up and was yelling directly. You could kind of see the fucking shit eating grin on the guy in the crowd that was probably doing it because he was like behind three people and kind of like, hoo, 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 hoo. but I've always kind of hated Miles Straw, but it's, it was still like one of these moments where it was like the, he was so pissed at whoever was whatever they were saying must have been fairly awful and as a probably with a yankee fan i can't imagine it wasn't but like i'm kind of on miles well then they were throwing bottles and well then so then and then right after that and and then right after that they walked it off yankees walked. and at at which point they started throwing bottles and cans at all the guardian outfielders Mm -hmm. in a show of true class and then right and then judge and stanton came out and were like telling them to knock it off as they were celebrating the walk-off yeah it was kind of like this it yeah. was just like disgraceful of Yankee fans. But here's my follow up to that. And I'm sorry to get us so off track. And I know that we had things to talk about. But uh, we talked last week about, you know, why you don't get involved with the fans. And that's why. And the only way you as a player can do it is performance on the field. Or like, hey, um, that guy is actually yelling racist shit at me, which you should do also. But jo- I watched this video. Jock Peterson, who's now with the Giants, which I didn't know, was right. kind of crushing it for the them. I think they're at Milwaukee and Brewer, like, because he was Cubs forever, right? So like, right. Brewers fans fucking hate Jock Peterson. So the Giants are at the Brewers. And and it's like you know whatever like five thousand people are there or something so you can hear every heckle of Jock Peterson at the plate and it's bad they're cussing him out and he ignores them ignores them ignores them and then fucking hits a home run mm-hmm. and then just like bat drops and turns like turns around and just stares at the crowd. And then, like, does a slow trot, does a Superman, uh, you know, rip. Rip? Yeah, Yeah. chest rip. And then gets back to home plate and points at the fans. And says, you are a bunch of fucking pussy-ass bitches. You you can read his lips saying that? You can hear him. (laughs) (laughs) And it goes, like, that's the only thing you can do as a professional, like, as a professional athlete, that's what you have to do. That's it's really the only thing you can do. Really, the only thing you can do. Yeah. But that's so awesome. I <laughs> used to really not like Jock Peterson when he like at different times in his career, but I've kind of come to like him. I don't know. <laughs> I just don't believe that you can have a name like Jock Peterson and not be, be a, a decent human being. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I I don't think I like him, but that's the only way you deal with heckles. That, that's for sure you can do no i mean i was saying that i've definitely get i've gained a soft spot for him for some reason. definitely the pearls what yeah i don't know what it is i i don't think it was the pearls i, I mean nothing that atlanta does oh, can oh, be endearing yeah. okay <laughs> um all right. all right moving on i want to give a shout out to people who listen to us Last week, really appreciate it. We had a couple of good episodes about heckling. Wait, wait, wait. Atlanta, the baseball team, not Atlanta, like the place. Yeah, no, I got that. I got that. Or both, whatever. 
Atlanta is a city is probably fine. I'm sure there's nice people there doing cool things. I mean, Outcast are from there. Yeah, lots of good things are from Atlanta. Uh, shout out to our listeners, Dubai, United Arab Emirates. I mean, if we have an, if we had a listener from Atlanta, you should have definitely led with Atlanta. Shout out to our listeners in Atlanta. Shout out to our listeners in Atlanta. <laughs> right, possibly and, outcast. Possibly outcast. Oh, we don't know. Dosmedonia outcast. <laughs> <laughs> Richardson, Texas, Dublin, Ireland, Champaign, Illinois, Santa Cruz, California, San Jose, California, Bend, Oregon, Portland, Oregon, Winston-Salem, Los Angeles, California, Indianapolis, Providence, Rhode Island. Thank you for listening. Please continue to do so. I also, this is going to be my hot take until I took us off track. Shout out to the Quidditch uh, World Cup was this week. And Has Quidditch not been canceled yet? No. What do you mean canceled? Like because of, because of Harry Potter or because of COVID? Either. Well, they want to change the name of it. Because uh, the U.S. To distance themselves from J.K. Rowling? Yeah, they want to change the name of their sport. Because their sport is actually, like, famously LGBTQ plus friendly. Um, right. Yeah, like, like yeah, they, they really focused on that. Uh, including even in their official insignia, at least on their Twitter account, it's got the rainbow flag and the pink and blue flag you know the the lgb flag and the and the trans flag up so they've been talking about trying to change that but that'll be hard because a lot of the appeal is that they're playing quidditch right that's like the only appeal that's like the appeal yeah because it's a dumb sport Right, right. Is it a dumb sport? I mean, I don't know how it goes. Maybe it's a cool sport. People, it's intense to watch. I mean, any like I never got cricket, but I kind of saw a couple things from cricket. I'm like, maybe that's kind of a cool sport. I kind of like it. I'm like, maybe if Quidditch is a cool sport, I'd like it. But I haven't really heard anything that makes me intrigued. You think it's a cool sport? Sam, Sam has had very many stories of going down to Prospect Park. Yeah, I go to Prospect Park and watch Quidditch sometimes. Yeah, it's fun. It's goofy, you know. But yeah, but it's like a bunch of people running around holding brooms between their legs, throwing balls at each other, essentially. Yeah, like dodgeball, but you have to carry a broom around. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, shout out to it was a Texas sweep. Uh, The national, so they have like a club division and a college division. And so the club champions were the Texas Hill Country Heat. And the uh, college champions were the University of Texas, who defeated Creighton in the final. So of Quidditch. Of Quidditch. Yeah. Yeah, I know. There's a there's a college championship of Quidditch. And this year University of Texas defeated Creighton. So well, that's that's congratulations to them. I'm sure they're going to hang that banner, yes, top of of all. One of my goals for this podcast banner. is to get us press passes to the annual to the Quidditch World Cup. Quidditch World Cup, yeah. I mean, just yeah. get us press passes to anything. Yes, <laughs> literally anything. <laughs> sure, that could be fun. 
they go there and be like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna write about this. Yeah. I'm gonna report on this story. <laughs> exactly. That's okay. I'm that's, into it. Let's do it. That's the life goal. All right, but um, let's talk about a little basketball. Sam, can you can you yeah, basketball? Yeah. All right, here's the headline from basketball, as far as I know. I haven't really been following, but the Celtics sweep the Nets. It's the only sweep, right, in the playoffs so far. Um, Boston Celtics defeated the Brooklyn Nets 116 to 112 Monday to sweep their first round playoff series and advance to the Eastern Conference semifinals. Boston responded with a series of wins, a series win against Brooklyn after losing to the Nets last year in five games. This ends a whirlwind season for Brooklyn, who were early favorites to win the East behind Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden. However, I I, Irving refused to get vaccinated and Harden refused to play, eventually being traded to the Philadelphia 76ers for Ben Simmons, who also didn't play. Why didn't he play? Does anybody know? Injuries. He was like hooked, but it was sketchy as hell. Um, He's like standing around looking all casual in street clothes, very stylish. There's lots of memes of him like playing video games at home while the playoffs are going on. Anyway. Carry on. Um, and then, so the question is, is this the funniest end to the basketball season ever? Well, it's not over yet. There's still like two more months. Well, for the Nets, it's over. Oh, like for, for the Nets or for a yeah. basketball team? For a team, yeah. With such high expectations. And it played out the entire year like Desperate Housewives or like... There's been other, though. There's been other... I wouldn't say that it didn't, but I guess I'm not saying that it's unparalleled. I feel like there's been many fall on your faces of not maybe not many, but a few pretty famous fall on your faces of like number one teams that just didn't get it together and underperformed over. I mean, like LeBron James was probably on a team that like didn't win a championship this year. The Lakers or the other team. Oh yeah. The perfect example. They didn't even fucking make the playoffs, playoffs. (laughs) which is like in the NBA is saying something. Yeah, but like even in the past, like hasn't there been like teams that were expected to do really well and then just kind of had interpersonal issues or injuries or something like. I'm sure, but this is like, this is bad. And I have a lot of thoughts on this. First of all, hilarious. This whole thing has been hilarious. And um, I know I talk a lot of shit about Kyrie Irving and I'm just going to talk a little bit more shit, just a little bit more. I mean, it's really your last opportunity. Before I get kind of to my main point. Um, but so last week, we remember we talked about the, the this series. And I, the question was, if the Nets sweep gets swept, will Kyrie Irving take any re- sort of responsibility for what happened to the Nets this season? Because I would say that it more than anything else lays at his feet pretty clearly um and the answer is no he didn't like everyone at the end of your press conference was just like oh yeah there were some off-field issues that definitely had an effect on our season but nobody like owned up to the fact that it was like this one prick who refused to play they Um, all think that they they all think that they can do it without it that's the mentality of a professional athlete you know i was thinking about that because that's what joel said last week was that oh well everyone no one says anything bad about Kyrie Irving 
But it's just people are not saying that to the press, man. I bet people are fucking pissed at him um, for being such a fucking selfish prick. Um, and and it's just it's such a fucking mess. But what I the conclusion that I came to, and I love Dragon Kyrie Irving because I think that regardless of his personal ability as a basketball player, he does not make the teams that he plays for better. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like there was in his time with the Celtics, the Celtics played better basketball when he was not playing. Um, and I, you know, the Celtics are a better basketball team now for have not having him on it. And the Nets are a worse basketball team for it. Like really clearly this season, obviously um, when he single-handedly tanked their entire team. Um, but what I think the conclusion that I actually came to is that Steve Nash is actually to blame for oh, the horrible season that the Nets had. Yeah. Yeah. Tell okay. Because he he's the coach, right? And like, if you're an NBA basketball coach, really the only thing, your only job is to like manage egos, right? And you maybe have the two most like insane egos in the NBA in James Harden and Kyrie Irving on this one team. But Not to mention Kevin Durant. Right. I don't, he's. I don't think that. I mean, I think that he's more of a team player than those other two guys. Did he call himself the God after this last? <laughs> don't, don't. Did I read that somewhere? <laughs> no. Maybe, but from I, one of his I, alternate I, Twitter I, accounts. Okay, but like Kevin Durant can back it up with being—he's on the court. He's the playing. Best. Yeah, he's he's there. Right, he's there, and he plays, and he and he's good. Gets vaccinated. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, is that Steve Nash at the outside of the season was like, no, Kyrie Irving is not going to be a part-time player. And he didn't stick to that. And I think that that is like, I think that as much as anything sunk the Nets this season. I think the Nets would have been a better team and had a better showing in the playoffs if Kyrie Irving had just not played this season. Oh. Um, and I think that this, um, or, you know, he stuck to his guns and was like, no, we're not going to have this guy as a part-time player. Yeah. And, you know, he could have come back in the last week of the season or whatever mm-hmm. um, when they lifted the mandate and, and the Nets would have been a better team for it, but he couldn't like hold his shit together on that. There were a number of other things that he did kind of to the same, like he couldn't like he brought back Kyrie Irving part-time and that like pissed off James Harden, who then stopped playing and demanded a trade. Um, and he like couldn't handle that mess. He's just like wait, like this polite Canadian man who can't handle, you know, he can't handle managing this sort of personalities. And if that's what if you can't do that, then you can't Should be a coach in the coach. NBA. Yep. Yeah. Totally agree with that. And that's like an organizational breakdown because Totally. So, like, I like Steve Nash as like a <coughs> player in a person. Who are you to be the Brooklyn Nets to give this guy who has zero coaching experience? Yeah. The keys to this team that you expect to. You need win. Phil Jackson. Like, or, like whatever you could do, Phil Jackson, but go with somebody who has some kind of a track record. Experience. You know, Stan Van. Um, I don't know. Probably not. 
What yeah. about Celtics, though? You high on the Celtics? I guess. Yeah. I, you know, I'm high on the Celtics coach. I think that guy's the fucking man. Ooh. The yeah, Celtics, the, 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 the Celtics the were under 500 at the midway point of the season, and then went 30 and 10 the rest of the way, or whatever. Who's their coach? Um, he was like the assistant coach for the Spurs under Greg Popovich for a really long time. That's a pretty good. Place, I can't yeah. remember his name. He's got it's like if he's got a strange last name. Mm-hmm. Um, E-mail. but you know the Celtics—they have the best defense in the NBA, um, and they're just playing really good basketball right now. They got two young superstars and. Or maybe one young superstar and one young almost superstar. And they're just playing the ball. So I don't know. I don't know anything about the NBA, though. So I he don't know if they got the legs. Nigerian. He played for the Nigerian national basketball team. What's the name? Ime Udoka. Okay. And yeah. From and who's Portland. the other person that's doing good? He's from Portland, Oregon. No, no, no. That's the coach. The African dude. Is yeah. the Celtics coach. Oh, okay. Interesting. He's... Um, but he was an assistant for Greg Popovich mm-hmm. for the Spurs and for the U.S. national team um, for the Olympics. So I don't know. I don't really care. Um, but it, the thing about the Nets, though, and this is the last thing I'll say about the Nets, it's like I've lived in New York City now for like 15 years and like really tried to you know get on the Mets bandwagon or just, and like the Nets moving to Brooklyn 10 blocks from my house like I can walk to the Barclays Center and I just have never been able to like I'll never be able to like become a Nets fan now after this season mm-hmm. yeah yeah I never like I'm not even gonna, I'm not forever staying yeah. Never even gonna think about it. Are you, even, are you gonna tell taxis to go? Don't go, but don't go by the Barclays. Don't. <laughs> yeah, you got to actually. If the game's getting out. And you're trying to go home. You gotta be like, you gotta go around Barclays because <laughs> you just get stuck in traffic. <clears throat> but it's yeah. All for this garbage I team mean, that doesn't care about the anybody. Nets, the Nets need to get rid of Steve Nash, and they need to get rid of Kyrie Irving. They just need to let both of those guys go. Yeah. And it's fucking ridiculous because Kyrie Irving keeps talking shit like, oh, well, this is what we're as an organization are trying to like accomplish in the future going forward. And it's like, dude, if you can't be speaking for the organization that you fucking abandoned this season. You know what I mean? Like you just fucking blew this whole season off. But he's held him pretty talking high about the there, future. I don't think so. I mean, I don't see how he could be. Yeah, I don't think... I, I... I think one of the problems is that Steve Kerr, another guy named Steve who is a white point guard from the 90s and 2000s. I remember Steve Kerr. Turned out to be like an amazing coach. So people are like, oh, here's this other white guy named Steve. Named Steve. (laughs) Like he'll be a good coach too. But he doesn't. They kind of have similar vibes. They've got very similar vibes. Steve Nash was a way better point guard than That's Steve. That's probably true. Yeah. Wasn't Steve Kerr more of a shooting guard, though? 
he played point guard, but he was point guard on those Bulls teams. So it was mostly like set up in the corner three and wait for Michael Jordan to pass it to you. Right. Uh, dribble, 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 pass to Michael Jordan, like get back on defense. <laughs> yeah, that was exactly his plan. <laughs> there was some footage of like, Scotty Pippen dunking on uh, Patrick Ewing, like over him. Yeah. That was what I hadn't seen it. I don't remember seeing it. It was really pretty impressive. I forget how good Scotty Pippen, Pippen was. And then putting his balls in his face. That was yeah. funny. Uh, Steve Nash was an amazing basketball player. Yeah, he was good. He was really good. But that, I don't know. That's a fairly translated to great coach. Um, the, Met, the, the Nets, it's important to remember, did the same thing with Jason Kidd. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, that's a yeah. very good point. Jason sure, Kidd, I mean, the, coach. the Nets could be the Mets of mm-hmm. the NBA right now. The Nets are the Mets? The Nets. Yeah, the Nets Nets got a Met, it seems like. Cool. The Mets are in first place. Yeah, I mean, nobody thinks that's going to – well, I don't know. I mean you – know? The Mets, you want to – oh, my God. If there was a Mariners Mets World Series, what the fuck are we going to do? The world would like explode. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be so sick. That would be sick. <laughs> we all, we'd have – dump on the ump would have to go to New York. Yeah, we'd have to go to that. We'd have to figure out a way to do, get to that World Series. Because <laughs> that would be the dump on the ump World Series would be the sad sack Mariners versus the sad sack Mets in the World Series. <laughs> <laughs> Book it. Book it, yeah, we'll see. Uh, yeah, I haven't watched more than a few minutes of NBA basketball this entire I, li- I like how like almost every week on this podcast for the last couple, couple few weeks we've been like none of us are really paying attention to basketball but we're going to talk about basketball for 20 minutes let's <laughs> talk a lot of shit about it mostly because sam hates Kyrie. <laughs> yeah i don't hate him but i just think he's a joke yeah yeah <laughs> um all right let's move on to this next headline and this is kind of breaking so correct me on any factual misstatements i make i've been trying to cobble this news story together um on the fly so were the yankees caught cheating the release of a 2017 letter from the office of mlb commissioner rob manfred to the new york yankees has revealed that the league was aware that the Yankees were cheating from 2015 to 2016 by using their video room to steal signs and transmit that information to the runners on base. According to Evan Drellich of the Atlantic, Manfred purposefully avoided punishing the Yankees in part because he wanted to avoid setting a precedent that might derail the most popular franchise in the sport, knowing that he had a contract renegotiation coming up. So my question about this is everyone's mad at the Yankees right now for cheating. But if you're not cheating, are you even really trying? Uh, I mean, 
I think that everybody's mad at the Yankees because the Yankees were one of the people that came out the hardest at the Astros in that whole thing. And Yankees are holier than thou about just about fucking everything. And I mean, really the only thing that anybody, the only reason anybody's not going after anybody, I think is probably because everybody was involved in something like that or is involved. I agree with that. Yeah. That's, that's my inference also is that. But at the same time, the, this information is nearly as damning, I guess, as the Astros shit, but it's just like everybody's kind of got scandal f- fatigue and don't really care at this point that if people are cheating, it's more sort of the indignity of it. I mean, I think the Astros scheme was weird because they were banging on trash cans. So it became kind of, there's something like sort of visceral about it. You know what I mean? Like, but well, like, I think you- that the, like what the, what I read about this thing is that the, the difference, what the, what the Astros were doing with the trash cans was like directly relaying information from the video box to the, the batter. batter at the plate. Whereas right. what the Yankees were doing, and I think that what they, what the Red so- what the conclusion of the Red Sox in 2018 um, investigation was that they were using the video room to try to figure out signs and then telling people who were on base who then were relaying the information to the batter. Yeah, yeah I guess that's um, nice. So, which, and it's like a weird distinction, um, but that's the distinction that the league had made. And that's what the, and what the, the Yankees were doing, and I believe that the Red Sox at the same time yeah, got and caught other, in a similar it, thing. I think the was that the the Red so- the Yankees were on the phone in the dugout with people in the video room, which is illegal, which is against the rules. Even at that time, they made a bunch of new rules after this in Yankees investigation. Um, I mean, and the Yankees defense is like none of this stuff was against the rules when we were doing it, except for that I mean, one thing, calling the video box. But the thing is, is they changed the rules because of this. So right. it's like. But I mean, like you have to look at like what's been going on with catchers and like you're changing your you're checking your changing your indicator on sign, you know, uh, series of signs. You know, it's like they, they'll go out there and they'll talk about it before they had these buttons and they used to and like you started seeing the signage becoming much more complicated because obviously somebody's sitting there figuring shit out. And at that point they have monitors in every bullpen in America. So who, of course there's probably somebody on the, in, in the bullpen who's like, watch the signs from the catcher and let's just try and see if we can figure out a first, what, what sign indicators, you know what I mean? And like people started doing that using the, 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 the monitors and then kind of i imagine that it just sort of progressed from them but they people wouldn't be making those sign series more complicated if it wasn't happening widespread you know what i mean so obviously it was it's it, it and and the concept is then the 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 guy on second base still has to know have that information have it right and then be able to relay it back to the batter without somebody noticing it and that batter seeing it you know what i mean so there's a whole series of sort of like on field it's like it's like active cheating you know it's like what the astros were doing was just sort of like somebody in the back room knew what was going on and he was ringing a bell in the in the in the batter's helmet you know what i mean which is yeah essentially like 
you couldn't have done that in the 1800s. You know, theoretically, when baseball starts, you the guy on second base could sit there and figure out what what's you know indicators or what signs were coming up and relay that theoretically to the batter. And that's why signs have gotten more complicated over the years is because people that was always part of the game. So in a sense, like by putting monitors into a bullpen or into a dugout, you're essentially saying like, here you go. Here's additional information to do something that we know you've already been doing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I, I guess I'm kind of like, who gives a shit? Right. Well, it's just that there's a line somewhere and nobody's quite sure where it is. You I mean, know the whole thing I mean? now is sort of like no, sign no. stealing is part of the game. Like it always yeah. has been. Um, but it's the whole just, thing now is kind of no because they're doing these things where they just press a button. The catcher presses a button and it tells the you know a little James Earl Jones whispers in the pitcher's ear like fastball outside you know and the guy's like all right let's do this. I mean Logan, I was watching Logan Gilbert tonight and you could see it was like and I've seen a couple pitchers I think a lot of young pitchers essentially it's like they don't have to remember indicator series they don't have to remember you know first how it changes with people on base they don't have to do anything they don't have to remember any signals at all they just get told what to pitch and they can pitch it and it's like i think it takes a lot of like kind of this randomness out of it and it'll take cheating a lot of cheating out of it too you know it's like it's i think it's kind of a cool thing i think it's cool too except you're gonna still have like granky shaking off the voice in his head yeah. Just like walking around on the mound. Because yeah. you know they can say it to him anytime. Like I think the other issue though is that Manfred, that piece of shit, tried to bury this. Like there was yeah. going on. Like right. we can we can debate well, where is the line? And we should. That is a worthwhile debate. And it wasn't only the Yankees doing something untoward here, but, you know, but that MLB commissioner's office buried this because they didn't want to deal with it. Which yeah, I, I mean, it was definitely, but that kind of shit I think happens in any corporation, you know, it's like, let's not advertise this. Let's not let people know that this happened. Right. Well, and then it's just like the Yankees spent so much time in court trying to keep this letter from coming out. Right. And it's just like... If they're now being like, well, this isn't that big of a deal because it wasn't, you know, ruled against the rules at the time, why did they spend so much time trying to to prevent it? Right. Mm -hmm. Probably because... Because they're fucking monsters. They're fucking pieces of shit. That's why. Shit. Like encourage their fans to throw bottles at opposing outfielders. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. What was it? Who? So who was the person that said that thing about the yelling Hiroshima and Nagasaki at Ichiro? Oh, uh, uh, at Chicago Beer Snob on Twitter. <laughs> well, at I, like, I feel like when you cite a Twitter handle as a as your news source, it just like delegitimizes just about anything. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, a guy, a guy, especially now. Whatever, a guy I met at a ball told me about this. Anyway. Where did he get that? Like, but, where, I want to cite this guy's he sources. Said, he says he was there, but whatever. It's a guy at a ball. Shout out to at Chicago Beer Snob. He's a good Twitter friend of ours. But he was saying that he was at Yankee Stadium when Ichiro was playing there, and that the Yankee fans would heckle Ichiro by going... 
Hiroshima, Nagasaki. Oh my god. Which is fucked up, right? Yeah. But then I was like, but then Ichilo signed with the Yankees, so I mean, I'm not excusing Yankee fans. <laughs> like, war. Maybe he just really wanted to be liked by them. He, they they gave him a lot of money. Um, well, that would probably have something to do with it. <laughs> you know, okay. Like, the lines that you should not cross as a heckler should include things like racism, homophobia, direct threats of violence involving the player's family and yeah. like making fun of war crimes probably like i would add that like haha remember when we firebombed cambodia you fucking uh, losers we're gonna do that to your mom we're do that to your mom yeah yeah that's too much that's probably crossing um, a line right there i went speaking of which i went to the baseball game uh, I, I mentioned before i went and watched the mariners last saturday play the kansas city royals and amir garrett was one of the pitchers that the uh, royals used twice in the series one of the first night was saturday night and i was there and i don't remember the details but i believe he was arrested in a uh domestic assault mm-hmm. issue a couple of years back so I was letting him know that I thought he was a garbage person and yelling a lot of things at him. And on the way out, he was like yelling at me. He was like, fuck you, fuck you. And he like, he struck out, he came in with two out and he struck the guy out and then he came in and retired the side and like really easily and or no, got two the first two outs and then was coming out because there was a left-hander coming over or something. As he was walking out, he was like, yeah, bitch, come talk to me. <laughs> but I was like, even with Amir Garrett, I did not cross the line. I told him that he was a piece of garbage and that he was human trash. And uh, I did say, the first thing I said was, I, we're going to hit you as hard as you hit your girlfriend. But then I yeah. felt like that was, but yeah. see, then I decided that that was over the line. So I stopped, I stopped that line of, of <laughs> I uh, sat behind the Yankees bullpen one game at a Yankees Red Sox game in the Bronx and just screamed wife beater over and over again. And, uh, what's yeah. his name? Chapman. Yeah. That's okay. I think that, that, that's, that's fine. That's a good point. That was pretty good. Uh, going back though, the only way Emil Garrett could talk back at you is if he actually struck out the side though. Yeah, he did good. That was the thing. Yeah, that, that's the only thing. But then, oh, Okay. Oh, so, but the other part of that was then the next day I was watching and he came in to pitch and he looked a little lost. Like he looked like he didn't have something to really like be pissed about. And he didn't pitch that well. There you go. We well, could have been two days in a row, but. God damn it. All right. We got to sign off. But what we need to do is go to like Yankees at A's or like Yankees at Baltimore or something like that where we can just talk mad like just move to different sections of the stadium and just yeah yeah or go like i'm thinking yankees at orioles because we could get like cheap ass tickets (laughs) like camden yards and just like sit on the first base like front row first base side and just let them have it shit out of them the entire game it'd be kind of fun to just move around and give it to each one of them too yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, man. So I just read that letter, the Yankees letter. Okay. The part that I didn't read, which is hilarious, 
and damning of the Yankees is that the reason that the Yankees got caught is because they submitted a complaint about the Red Sox for cheating. Yeah. And then the when they started conducting the interviews about the Red Sox cheating with Yankees employees, they uncovered that the Yankees were also cheating. <laughs> uh, oh my God. Yankees gonna yank. God. Yeah, seriously. What a fucking oof. That that's probably they wanted why they wanted to cover it up. Yeah. <laughs> what a fucking joke. Man, Aaron Judge is like, get me the hell out of here. Yeah. Yeah. Racist Maybe fans. the Mariners can sign him. Cheating, racist fans, doesn't want to sign with the organization. You guys should go get him. Mariners. We could we could hoodwink the Yankees. We could trade him some of our shitty prospects for Aaron Judge. That would be cool. You should do that. That would be a great idea. All right, guys, I'm calling it. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Dump on the Up, ostensibly a baseball podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Follow us on all your social media applications. Uh, at Twitter, shout out to Elon Musk, my enemy, nemesis. <laughs> uh, I think that there's got to be a two-way situation for Nemesis, nemesis scenario. Yeah. yeah. Even really an enemy, I think. Yeah. <laughs> we got an Instagram account. You can also follow us on WordPress. Listen to us on all your applications. Uh Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. For Sam and for Thomas, my name is Joel. Ladies and gentlemen, have a good evening and a pleasant tomorrow. Sweet baby, I'm gonna leave you And the time is gone